You're listening to Both Sides of the Mask. Umpires getting together to talk what it's like on both sides of their mask. Creating a fun atmosphere for anyone who can relate to sports, life, and officiating. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in into uh, Both Sides of the Mask. Uh, we have a special guest today. And uh, it's been becoming some, um, a little overwhelming for us because, you know, we, we've been getting uh, some messages, you know, wanting to get on the cast, uh, uh, getting more information. People are chiming in into our Facebook page. So uh, this has been um, a very uh, wonderful thing that we've been able to put together. And we're very thankful that for all of our listeners and anyone that's been spreading the word. Um, if you're not familiar with our podcast, uh, what we are, what we do is that we try to collaborate and bring all the officials together from all the sports, not just softball and baseball. We want to bring the community together and uh, just have a conversation. Doesn't necessarily have to be about the sport. Uh, a lot of times, our conversations are about the current events. Uh, sometimes we talk about family. Sometimes we talk about um, equestrian uh, items. You know, t- uh, Tony's forte there. And uh, <laughs> how about shirt collars? Do we ever talk about shirt collars? Yeah, we do talk about shirt collars. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, we just want to welcome Jim Kirk from Umpire. Uh, I'm sorry, Ump Attire. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, being our special guest today. I, I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Very good. Awesome. Umpatire. Umpatire.com. We always refer to it as Umpatire.com. We always include the domain name in there. That way you know exactly where to go. So Right. Exactly right. And then that kind of came off of you started uh, partnering a little bit more with Ump, Ump Cares, and that turned into the Blue Crew deal is what I saw. And you had made some comments on our page about it. How... How has that really started started off? I know the first one happened, what, last, was it last week or two weeks ago? The, the stories, the stakes and stories that the MLB umpires have been doing. Yep, yep, the blue Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And it's, it, you know, I just, uh, uh, every Tuesday morning, I, it, we, we are so involved with our company, as you know, on social media that Umpscare has uh, invited me to serve on the, what they call their social media committee. And so we meet every Tuesday morning and discuss, you know, what's coming up with Umpscare and, and what's been going on, and 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 we give them just a few pointers here and there. They don't they don't really need a whole lot because they've, they've got such a good heart, and and uh, uh, they they pretty much know what they need to do. But I'll give them a few little ideas and pointers for some social media, and and of course that helps me to be really entrenched to know what's going on, uh, what what they're up to, and they've got so much going on. You know, I was involved with them really from the beginning. Um, uh, if, if you don't know, there, there there used to be two charities for major league umpires. Uh, uh, you, know, you had sort of one group was doing one, and one group was doing another. And uh, the, it started out; it was called Blue Blue for Kids. That was the charity, and uh, so they combined they combined the charities. They hired an executive director. Uh, the first executive director, his name was Sam, Sam Durth, former minor league umpire, who after he got out of the minors, he took over. And, uh, and, and sort of tried to start making that a, a, a more professional organization where it just wasn't just the umpires trying to do things in their, uh, in between their, in their games and their series, but they hired someone to do that. Now they have three people on staff, uh, but that started, um, you know, that started, um, uh, ah, geez, 2009, 2010, uh, I met them at a national association of sports officials, uh, summit in Cleveland. We were set up. I had a booth. Uh, I'm scared. I had a booth. And if you if you if you've been to the NESO, they try to do a really good job of making sure that that the uh, that those who have, who have booths, you know, that there's a lot of uh, traffic through there. 
but that one was not one of them. Uh, and so I got to spend a lot of time talking to Sam and he got to fill me in on what they were doing with the charity. And, and we were just sort of starting up a little bit at that time. We'd only been in, in it, you know, a few years, maybe three or four years or so. And, and we're, we're up and coming and, and we, and we thought this is, we've been wanting to do more charity work. And, and so we jumped in and, and uh, really became a major sponsor and, and, and might be the only major sponsor who who's been consistent, you know, over the years. So I've, I really love being involved with them. Um, they, they do lots of good work. Um, and one of the new things they're doing now, I want to, if, if, if you don't mind, I want to go ahead and mention it. It's called blue crew insiders. You mentioned, you, you just yeah. mentioned it a minute ago, Tony. And, and, um, uh, you had talked about the, uh, the stakes, what they call the stakes and stories a little bit. That's, that's something separate. You can sign up. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, there's, I'm going to let you all in on a very, uh, interesting insight. Uh, I may be telling top secret, double top secret <laughs> information, but, uh, they're looking to probably have Jim Joyce, uh, as a person on a zoom call. They've been doing crews, right? Like a whole crew. Yeah. I remember Tom Hallion, Phil Cuzzy. And I can't, I'm trying to think maybe Adam Hamari were on a crew and they, they and people get on the call and there's already questions. There's a moderator. They had people from ESPN on there. Pedro Gomez was one. And, and now the talk is we might start doing some of the retired umpires uh, and some of the guys that you really recognize as a guy like Jim Joyce. Could you imagine wanting to get on there and getting to hear the inside story on all the things about him and, and all that? So, there, so be on the lookout for that, that uh, you might be able to sign up for that. Uh, but the Blue Crew Insiders is a little bit different. You sign up for that. It's a it's a monthly donation that you give and you get all these benefits, including you get swag, you get, uh, uh, you know, I think there's a cap and a lapel pin and and something else I'm forgetting. And uh, some other you get some discounts at uh, umpatire.com uh, on MLB items and um, uh, they are you get a free webinar a year where you get to jump in with the MLB umpires. And it's just a, a, a really simple ten dollar a month. Uh, donation. And uh, that's really starting to pick up. So they've got some good things going on over there. Yeah. And with that, they're a 501c3, correct? So for the financially conscious people? Mm-hmm, that's correct. <laughs> that means that's a, that you, you're taking, you're, you're going, that's a write-off, correct? That is correct. You can write right. that off. So not only are you giving back to yourself, you're giving back to somebody that's right. in, a, in a group that is giving back as well. And that's uh, good. That's awesome to hear about Jim Joyce. And we actually talked about him kind of early in our podcast about, uh, you know, making mistakes and, and doing stuff like that. Mm, but interesting. the coolest thing about Jim was, you know, that year that he made that, that he made that call, the call that everybody recognizes him for, he was voted the uh, top umpire of the league that year. Isn't that something? And the most respected to make a call like that and put yourself out there and still be mm. noticed as that respect, you know, you're living life right. Well, it really brought in the, the fact that there's a human aspect of baseball and certainly a human aspect of, of, of umpiring. I think we expect so much out of our umpires and maybe a little bit too much at times. And uh, he really brought light that uh, not only can he make mistakes, but that he felt bad about it. You know, I think there's a, uh, you know, a lot of fans might think that umpires, you know, don't care. And they made, they, they made a call and it, it affected your team. And some fans might think that umpires don't have hearts. And, but obviously, you know, all the umpires I know and people like yourself, if you, if you uh, kick a call, whether you know it immediately or you know it later, you're going to feel bad about it. And I think people don't understand that. I think Jim Jim brought, really brought light to that. And it, it certainly really affected him. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think that people realize how long we may hold on to it. You know, they get they get done with the game. They're pissed at, pissed at us for the evening. 
But the umpires, man, we hold on to it for, mm-hmm. man, I know stupid calls that I've made that I held on to the rest of the year. I keep it in my yeah, mind yeah. And, and, and you yeah. carry mm-hmm. it on. You know, you carry it on to the next season and you think about it. Right. It doesn't affect me like it did the season before. Right. But it's you're still just looking at it and you're like, man, oh, I don't want to do that again. That is awesome. The kind of the kind of talk. And that's kind of what we're built on is kind of making the human aspect of umpiring and humanizing what our profession or craft, the guys at the lower level mm-hmm. that just may consider it a hobby and haven't gotten all the way up into it yet. We're all in it for hopefully the same reasons and uh you know, I got two daughters at home. Liz has two daughters at home. And, you know, we're just we're just people. Right. Now, that's that's really good. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of just people, uh, I've gone most years to the uh, Umpscare Charities Golf Classic. And the really neat thing about that is they pair you up with one MLB umpire. Right. So so let's say that you uh, sign up to play in the golf scramble that they have. And then, and they'll sign you as someone, uh, one, the first year I did it, I got assigned with Ted Barrett and, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was, I got to know him and and Ted, you enjoy him. He's just an enjoyable person to be around. And, um, so Ted Barrett was one year, Sam Holbrook, another year, Mm -hmm. Tim Timmons. I think there was, those were the first three that I had. And then, and I I don't ever find out and who I'm going to play with until the night before. They have a great, a great event. They have it at a restaurant. They have a good outside. It's in, of course it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. So it's nice and warm in January. And so you're out there and, um, you know, having some appetizers and and drinks and, and getting to meet and talk with a lot of the MLB umpires. Well, it's that it's, it's at that event where you find out who you're going to be paired with. And so, um, <laughs> and so I asked the exec director, well, who, who am I playing with tomorrow? And says, let's, let's look you up. And so, and they looked up and they said, Jim Joyce. Yes. <laughs> and what what would what would be your reaction, Tony? I don't play golf, but hey, Jim, right, right. Where, where can I drive you around on the golf cart? I am. Right. Liz, what would be your reaction if it was Jim Joyce? I would think I, I definitely would be speechless, you know, because I've right. admired like just his charisma on the field, his body right. language. So yeah. oh, I probably would talk his ear off because I would have a lot of questions. <laughs> I had not met him before. And so. Um, so, like for example, when they paired me up with Sam Holbrook, I had already I had known Sam. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's from Lexington, Kentucky. Of course, we're from Louisville. We're uh, that our company's run out of Louisville, Kentucky. And so, um, um, so when they said Jim Joyce, I thought I've never even met Jim Joyce, and I, I don't know anything about him. And, but I knew the call had just been. I don't know if it had been the year before, or I think it may have been the year before, yeah. just just the season before. And my initial reaction was not, "Oh, this is going to be awesome! I get to play golf with Jim Joyce." My initial reaction was. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not a good golfer for one thing. And I, you know, and so I had this impression that he was just bigger than life. Like, 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 I just like, I, I'm just, an, I'm a, I'm a nobody. I, you know, I'm going to fall in my, you know, flat on my face kind of a thinking, right? Like this is Jim Joyce. I mean, it's Jim Joyce. And I was a little bit, so I was nervous. And, but the minute I met him uh, on the golf course the next day, he is the most down to earth person. Right. You talk about yeah. so you talk about how you look at umpires as, as people. I didn't look at him as a person when I first heard that I was going to play with him. He he was just larger than life to me. Like he's just he's Jim Joyce. But when you met him, he's just a person and he's so down to earth. I enjoyed that day. Oh, like you said, Liz, talking talking your ear off. <laughs> I just enjoyed him. He was a lot of fun being around. And um uh one of my best memorable moments of of an upscare golf class was getting to play golf. The gym joys. 
or whatever you call it, golf. I don't, you know, like you said, I drove I drove a golf cart around and and swung swung some some uh, club a couple times. And a lot of times, I spend more times looking for balls off into the bushes and stuff than I do hit, hitting things. So. Yeah, I think my reaction would be like, well, I just hope I don't suck today. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Right. My reaction was, I hope I don't suck as bad as I usually do. I think that was usually, that was my reaction. Let's say, hey, we're not playing putt-putt. Do you just care if I could just drop my ball on the green? Can I just play from there? I only brought my putter today. Oh, no, that. Well, that that is one nice thing about you. You play, It's a scramble, so you play you play best ball. That's, you know, so. All-time so, putter. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a real, I'm really good around the green. You know, I'm really, I really, I have a, for some reason, I'm pretty decent around the green. So off the tee, it's, it's not really pretty. But Once the ball goes in the hole, that's where I excel. That's right. High five, baby. I, yeah. <laughs> I can take the ball out, put it <laughs> put in the, the ball washer, in. turn a little hand You're around. You're putting the flag back in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So tell me, I'd like to know a little bit about you guys on your podcast. How, how well have you think that they've gone? How many have you done now? You've done what, six, seven? I mean, what are you, where are you at oh. right now? We're pushing almost a dozen. I think we're almost a dozen, a dozen? now. Okay. Yeah, we we finished one yeah. up yesterday. Um, we had Tom Davis. He's a, um, a youth uh, recruiter, so like you know, he's a an advocate for sports, and he he lives in Western PA, so he works with a lot of student athletes trying to get them recruited. And um, he actually advocates my daughter. She's fourteen, uh, so mm-hmm. we had him on yesterday. That was that was really neat because we we try very hard to get like different individuals on, not just to, you know just to talk about you know the sport, like, you know, how I did the introduction. Um, we actually had, a uh, a lady that's actually a softball umpire with us, but she owns her own, um, athletic, uh, facility. So she's an athletic trainer and it was just yeah. really okay. neat to kind of get her perspective on yeah. things and how, how Absolutely. to, how to help, you know, us officials to be prepared for the season. And also how did we handle our, you know, mental state with the pandemic, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the aspect of what you all are doing because you, you, you see uh, a lot of Zoom calls, and and some of them are, you know, are are, are great, and 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 but they, they they focus on maybe one topic, right? Where mm-hmm. they focus on the topic of becoming a better umpire. Or I know I was on a, a Zoom call with Silbo. I don't know how familiar you're obviously with a company called Silbo. They have an app, sort of like the Uber Uber for you know uh, getting the sports officials uh, assignments. I was on the call with them. It was about moving up and about um, how you move up the ladder. And so it was, it was very specific. But I like I like that you're opening up, and I think. Uh, you know, to the to, to to current events. That was the, uh, you know, one of the podcasts I listened to. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, to, you know, I thought it was really interesting that 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 you went off topic and you, not that you went off topic. That that's kind of part of what you do. You you talk about things that are not just specific to what umpires do on the field or what they do in preparation. And I think that's important because I think you've all really touched on the fact the mental health aspects of of not just being a, an umpire but being a human. Right. And especially yeah. during this crazy, crazy year that we've had. Oh, right. And we're all we're all dealing with it and we're all dealing with it, um, you know, in in uh, in different ways. And I think that's that's something that isn't addressed as much as it, as it needs to be. I mean, you've got you've got the mental health aspects of, of the umpiring in general or any occupation. Any occupation has its has its things that you have to uh, to overcome and and, uh, you know, fight through and struggle through and. And uh, and then you add not only just the pandemic in general, but, uh, you know, all the missed games and, and all the loss of income, you know, that that, have, that come with that. And, and that's kind of what it was built on. You know, we always I think it started Liz and I would talk or we talk another one of our buddies, PJ or uh, Mike Burwell, that lives up by by Liz. And, you know, we talked to 
these guys, and we were talking on the phone all the time. And we're just having these conversations and we're going through it. And we're like, man, the, the stuff that we talk about is not always just umpiring. So why don't we just share this and see what we're all interested in and what we have going on and, and talk about that because we have these lives outside of officiating, you know, and, and you have your life outside of your business. Sometimes it may not seem like a gym, but. Right. Yeah, I can, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah, you do. And, and, you know, Liz has her life outside of her officiating and, you know, and her family and stuff like that. And, and just getting in and just talking about stuff and this is stuff going on. We all go through it and how do we all deal with it and share the information that you have with us about how you're, you know, how you're dealing with it. So maybe we can find something that we key on and go, okay, that's, that's what it is for me. That's what it touched for me. And, and that's how I'm going to move on with this part of my life. And I can also move on with it. You know, if I make a call in the field, like Jim did and, and how do I move past it? And, and it wasn't like, you know, when he made that call, it wasn't done there. He had to deal with it going forward through it as well. And, and how do we deal with all of those situations in, in life? Yeah. Well, where, where do you, where are you guys right now on, uh, you know, I, I want to say we're on the back end of the, of the, of the coronavirus situation, at least as far as umpiring goes, you know, I know, um, you know, a lot of baseball tournaments have started back up and softball tournaments. Are you guys back on the field right now? Um, well, I, I currently not because I, my, both my daughters, they're 12 and 14. So they play there. It's been going on since go when Ohio released their, um, their restrictions. So, um, so every weekend I'm, I'm somewhere every day. I'm somewhere for some practice. <laughs> I was on the roster for the NPF, the pro league. Um, but you know, they canceled that season way, way a long, long time ago, back in May. So, um, I probably won't actually get on the field till after probably, I'll be honest with you. I probably won't be all back on the field till September. My oldest daughter was supposed to be in, got pushed back to August. So, um, but I'll try to get to fit in some, uh, some high school games. That's what I want to do. I don't like just sitting around. I get that itch after a while. I'm sure everyone does, but, um, Tony, you got something big coming up, don't you? Right. What you got, Tony? Yeah, I'm doing the, uh, 18 gold national down there in Oklahoma city for nice. USA softball. And then it's going to be the same time. The 16 one, I think is in broken arrow, Oklahoma. When's that going to be? Uh, that is July 19th through the 25th. And nice. uh, PGF actually, I believe they canceled their World Series. And so this is some mm -hmm. information that we got last week at our meeting that we had. Those teams that all broke away from USA Softball are now coming back in. And they're like, hey, can we get back in and play in this 18 goal? So they're talking about 12 fields, uh, bringing in more umpires. And I think we're on upwards of like 96 teams in this national now. And it's going to be... They're having to bring in some more umpires that are WBSC certified because the level of play is going to be Division One caliber. And you know what it is for, you know, the rec league guys. They want to get into it. And so this is going to be a great opportunity for them to get there. But having that veteran on the field with them is going to, you know, make a world of difference to help grow USA softball umpiring as well. Well, that sounds excellent. I bet you're looking forward to that. Would that be the first time you've been on the field in a while? Uh, yeah, the last time I called was actually uh, with Liz <laughs> in Birmingham, Alabama is where we were at. Birmingham, huh? It wasn't Greenbow, yeah. it was Birmingham, right? Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Yep, at UAB. Have you, ever got, have you guys ever called a game in Greenbow, Alabama? That's ever done that? Where, uh, where is that? <laughs> it's in the movie Forrest Gump. It's in the, it's, it's, it's a fictional, right? It's always. Greenbow, Alabama. All right. <laughs> You're right. So now that's fictional. So you've, you've not called a game. I, I was like, I'm like, I've never. Heard <laughs> no, you've not. I'm trying to think, did I, did I, did I one time? Did was I it Greenbow? Was it Greenbow State? Is that who it was? <laughs> Greenbow State versus. Uh... Uh, how well did you do in geography? 
<laughs> well, that's excellent. Uh, that uh, you get to call a game, and you said it's been a while. And you called with Liz. I, I, yeah. My guess is next year um, you won't call a game with Liz early on because that sounds like that might have been bad luck for you. <laughs> right, as soon as, or maybe as, soon as you her. had a game with her, the pandemic came along. And, You're right. Yeah. This so. is actually well. And you know what the bad thing is? Is this is the first time. This is the first year I think, Liz, that we had got to be together in quite a while. Uh, last time was maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy to oh, think wow. about. Mm-hmm. But I put it on my mom. She went to um, spring training last year in 2019 and mm-hmm. did a bunch of walking around. She's retired and she's always wanted to go to spring training baseball. And she went down there and hurt her knee. Okay. So she was out for the count for a while. And so I had to help take care of her. Uh, my dad passed about 12 years ago. So I had to help take care of stuff at her house. And uh, then this year she goes down to spring training again and the pandemic happens. And so she got stuck with her, mm-hmm. she got stuck with a friend in Savannah, Georgia for uh, right. two months down there. They were going down together. And I was like, just stay down there, spend time with her. I mean, if you come up here, we're still going to have to be separated. So just stay down with her. You guys are both widows. Just hang out together and at least you'll have somebody. Right. Well, she's, a, she's, she's, she's Oprah too. It sounds like on, uh... <laughs> yeah, I said no more going. <laughs> Tell me what's going on in the softball world. As far as any changes to umpiring, are you are they making you umpire farther back? Are they making you umpire behind the mound? Are they do they are, do they want you to wear a mask underneath your mask? I mean, what are some of the things that are being discussed in the softball world? Well, it uh, it depends on the state. Um, like in Ohio, it's uh, it's not required, but it's optional. Um, you know, some umpires are taken a little bit more serious than others, which is highly respectful. You know, um, I've ran into a couple umpires where they're wearing a mask and in the 90 degree heat. Some of the key moments uh, that are highlighted is that usually like with the girls, you know, after the game are are done, they'll high five each other. They'll go down the line. Now what they'll do is they'll come out of the dugout and say, thank you, you know, good luck and stuff like that. The coaches for the most part are supposed to be like within a distance, but we have to have our face covered when we're, when we go to the mound or if we have a a timeout on the field. So really it's like, it's not like totally restricted, but um, they just want to make sure that we're following some health guidelines. Uh, now I heard sure. Pennsylvania is um, a lot more restrictive where they have to wear a mask regardless if they're playing or if they're in the dugout or if you're an umpire or if you're a coach. Really? Wow. Yeah, there um, there's a rumor that they might be shutting down again. And with our governor, that might happen again as well. So we're hoping that's not going to happen anytime soon. So you're governor, you're, you're being from Georgia. That's the top. No, no, Ohio. You're in Ohio. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually from Akron. So when you said Cleveland, I was like, yeah, I remember when the... Uh, when uh, they had that event going on. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, here in Springfield, they uh, we just started a couple weeks ago back with the City League stuff, and I talked with the umpires there. We were, we were doing one man behind uh, the pitching circle or behind the mound, whichever it may be, and mm-hmm. kind of talked to them about how to mm-hmm. do it. And I said, hey, why don't you just go out there and do the best job you can with it? Maybe you can get your strike zone better than it is behind the plate, and you can just <laughs> quit putting the gear on. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Know. You never know. <laughs> A lot of stuff really around here has moved outside of the city and gone to the smaller towns, and they've kind of done the tournaments in in that area. Uh, Kansas mm-hmm. City was doing some tournaments, but I know that they've had an outbreak. Just the past two days here, they've had 35 new cases, so we may be ramping up into going back to the house again. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Liz, you talked about, you know, going to a lot of the um, current travel tournaments for your for your daughters and, and, uh, uh, I assume they're on, they're on different teams, right? So yeah, 
12 and 14, they're on different teams. Oh, yeah. So that's even double double work for you, right? So we're usually one direction, you know, like, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, Nick has to work on the weekends. So like sometimes I have to toggle and juggle like what's going mm-hmm. on. Plus, I help coach my youngest daughter's team. So I, I have to be like, okay, can someone take Natalie or hey, mom, are you available to do this? <laughs> Tony was touching base on the, the major cities shutting down. Um, uh, two of the showcases that my oldest daughter was supposed to be in in Columbus, they shut down those tournaments because of the outbreak. And also Indianapolis had a huge showcase that they had to shut down. That's where we were supposed to be last weekend. So I think they're, you know, these states are being um, really? a little cautious with the, the influx of, of headcount that's coming in. Uh, mm. Now the, the tournaments that may have like a right. smaller number, the, you know, it's a little easier to, you know, to, to manage, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I know that, uh, you know, my son is 17, he plays baseball and, um, uh, we were just in Cincinnati this past weekend. And one thing I noted was uh, it, it just seemed like it was operations as normal. You know, they have the signs up that say, you know, fans, you know, uh, you know, uh, we, re- we recommend wearing a mask and we recommend your, that you social distance. And, but, but really no one, I, I saw no one, the whole tournament, I think with it, we played six, six total games from Thursday through, through Sunday. I wasn't there on Thursday. Uh, but, uh, from Friday through Sunday, I never saw some, one person wearing a mask or no, nor did I see any, see anyone really, uh, concerned about, um, you know, fans wise, uh, social distancing. And, 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 and as far as the umpires go, uh, mm-hmm. they umpired as usual. Uh, there were no umpires that were even, uh, standing far, uh, far back. I've only seen one umpire standing farther back from, from the catcher. And, um, and I think that's, you know, that's got its own drawbacks and then they say what six feet's a good social distance in general. And I can't imagine be, you know, being able mm-hmm. to go that far back, right. That's a little bit too far. Don't you think as far as from an umpiring perspective? Absolutely. I mean, when those rules started coming out, you know, Tony and I had this discussion at one point, you know, but you know, that, that really messes with your perception of the strike zone, you know, you know, you're, you're farther back, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to be able to see like, you know, coming through the zone. You know, we're always taught, you know, and even in baseball, we're, you know, you're always taught to get as, you know, as close as you can so you can see the ball through the zone. Um, and some of the other like restrictions, they, they we're going to make the umpires wear a mask. I mean, I, I you know, I'm sitting there like I, I couldn't even handle the, the heat in general, you know, being able to put a mask on right. and not to single a lot mm-hmm. of these guys out. But a lot of these guys that are doing the summer stuff are not in the best of shape. And also they're not in, in the younger right. of the ages, yeah. you know, so um, exactly. when it comes to those, you know, some of those highlights there. Even some of the parents on both of my daughter's teams were like, how are these umpires going to handle this? You know, be- because a lot of them are old. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, so, I'm like, I agree. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm not, not arguing with you on that. We, I, yeah, there was, um, uh, of, of the game, all the games I've been to, only one umpire was wearing a mask under his mask. I've not seen anybody on the bases wearing, wearing a mask, which, you know, to me kind of makes sense if you're, you're not really close to anyone. I don't, I don't see why that, why you would put that extra, um, you know, on yourself and no offense to anyone who, who feels, you know, that, um, they feel they want that extra, um, you know, uh, a bit of safety. That's, that's certainly fine. Uh, but of course, you know, my concern is, you know, the heat and, uh, because you're, you, you have heat issues in general, right. You have heat, con- heat concerns in general and dehydration concerns and, uh, you know, just umpiring in the heat. It was, um, I think it was 92 in Cincinnati this past weekend and it was on a turf field. So it was even hotter out there. And so, um, but again, the only, I've only seen one umpire all, all year, all summer wearing a mask under his mask. And that was in, uh, we're, we're, I'm trying to think where we were. We were, um, I think we were outside of Dayton. 
um, Wittenberg, okay. maybe. Yeah. What's it? What, okay, yeah, yeah. So I noticed it, and I was talking to the base umpire in between innings, and I was saying, "Hey, he's wearing a mask. You, you know, do, do you wear a mask?" And and he was saying, "No, he's um, he's got a. Um, uh, I think he has someone with. They said this, maybe he had a relative at home that has some underlying health conditions, and he wanted to be mm-hmm. extra careful, and that's why he was wearing a mask. And but he was younger. He was younger. He was fit." And so after the game was over with, I asked him, you know, uh, I said, how did it go? How did you do with the mask? And he said, he said, didn't have any problems. And I think that speaks to you, that Liz, it speaks to what you were talking about is, you know, all umpires aren't built the same and all umpires aren't the same amount of shape. And I think uh, you might have a situation where someone can handle a mask. And, and it was hot that day too. I don't think it was 90, in the nineties, but it was high eighties. It was hot, humid. I was in the stands needing some oxygen and some water. I wasn't doing anything. So, and he was out there with a, he was out there with a mask and, and, uh, but hats off to him. And he said, he didn't, he just really said, I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, and so, so I think that's something that, that umpires, you know, should always think about and be, and realize their limitations, uh, you know, whether they, they're wearing a mask underneath or not, or just in general, you know, what can I do? What can I handle? I was in a situation a few years back, uh, uh, where I was at a game and I, and I saw it was a heat, it was hot, it hot all day long. Uh, it was a later game and, uh, I saw the umpire was wobbling. He was wobbling, uh, played umpire. He was sh- kind of shaking his legs out and I kind of, I was, you know, you know how it is when you're an umpire, you're always watching the umpires, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was really watching him and you could tell he was starting to cramp up. He was just struggling. You could just really tell. And, uh, and so I went over and talked to him. I just grabbed, I just grabbed him. Sometimes I'll do that. I know mm-hmm. it's a little silly, but I, I kind of throw myself out there because I know no one's out there really looking for the, out for the umpire. And I saw him, he went over to get a drink of water, was trying to cool himself down a little bit. And I said, Hey, I've been watching you. Are you, are you okay? Are, are you cramping up? And, and he was like, yeah, I'm really, I'm really cramping up. And, and, and I said, well, how many games have you worked today? And he said, I think he said it was his, maybe his fourth game. And I said, I said, okay, how many play jobs? He said, well, I've, I've, I've worked back to back play jobs. And he, so it was a second one and it was about the fourth or maybe the fourth or fifth inning. It was so, so he wasn't that far away from being done. And, uh, and so I went and, and luckily the concession stand was selling pickles. So I, I asked him to pour me some pickle juice. And, um, and so I, I quickly got, brought it over and, and we literally took a break just to get the umpire situated and uh, had him drink. So he said, what, you want me to do what? Drink pickle juice. What are you, what are you talking about? And I said, I swear, this is the best thing that's going to help you because it's got, it's got plenty of good stuff in here and, and, and it's going to get you, you know, back situated. So, so he drank that. And, and now that he's a very good friend of mine because he and I talk all the time. He is actually a, uh, his name is Kyle Maggard. He's out of Hazard, Kentucky, which is actually close to where I grew up. And so like, he has like an anniversary date, like every year he posts on Facebook, like this is the day that Jim Kirk saved me with a pickle. And, uh, it's just kind of a funny running joke. Right. And, uh, there's a good picture of us uh, after the game out there. We took, we took a selfie of each other, but but he actually did straighten up. Did straighten up he, he, after the pickle juice. He was fine. He made it through. But I said, I said, you can't do that anymore. You can't. So you really have to be really aware of uh, of your limitations. And I think he's a he's a three sport. I think he does basketball, football. So he does a lot of officiating. But you have to be really careful, you know, out there. And maybe just because you had, last year you did a lot of games in the heat. And you think you could do it again this year? I, I just really advise people out there to be really careful this summer, you know. And it's not just about the the the, the pandemic. Don't get so concerned about that that, that you're not re- remembering the basic things of of taking care of yourself out there. Make sure you hydrate, you know, plenty of plenty in advance, and 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 you're drinking, you know, throughout, and 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 you don't overdo it, you know. So I know a lot of guys they will they'll they'll work games all mm-hmm. day long, 
And um, so just, just, you know, know your body, know yourself. Yeah, it's definitely not out of the norm to do a bunch of games like that during, during our uh, summer seasons. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, Jim, you know, since we're talking about the heat, I noticed that there's a product that you guys are launching for the chest protector. Oh yeah. 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 Um, that's great that you, that you, that you plugged that there. That's uh we can't, we can't, that's a problem. We can't keep in stock. It's called cool blues. And it's really a very simple pro- product. And it's one of those things where, you know, sort of why didn't we think of that sooner? Or why didn't someone else think of that sooner? Right. The, the product's called Cool Blues. It's invented by a, a baseball umpire out of Indiana uh, named uh, Brad Finken, F-I-N-K-E-N, and a uh, super nice guy. Uh, and he, interestingly enough, he umpired a lot with Brandon Lawson, who's our buyer at the office. And so he brought the idea up to Brandon and his uh, uh uh, Brad's sister's a seamstress. And so the, the idea is very simple. It's a, it's a pouch that you insert ice packs into. And, um, and so, and it lasts, um, uh, you know, uh, pretty much, you know, it, unless it you know, goes to extras, you pretty much all game, but it's really simple. It wraps around, um, your chest protector. So if you can envision the back of your chest protector and taking this cool blues, uh, pouch, uh, laying it on your chest protector, putting the ice packs in, and then taking, a, there's a long strap of Velcro that will wrap around the front of your chest protector. And now you've got this uh, cooling pack that sits in your chest area. Okay. And so it's a really uh, nice, uh, nice item. There used to be some products on the market from a company called Right Temp. They went out of business years ago, but it was a very similar product. Um, but it would, But you wore that one. That was one that you wore um, on on you, and uh, one of the downsides of that is if it ran out during the game, there was no way to get in there and take it off. Right now, if you've added uh, if if it's hot and you added another layer of something that's not cool, <laughs> now you've got another layer you have to deal with. Right? It's like what are you you wearing a weighted a weighted vest in the summer? Are you kidding me? And so, so it would, so it would last maybe five, six innings. And then you have the issue of, of how do I get this out of here? And so the cool blues, um, you know, if you do have issues with that, it's not, it's not as weighty for one <laughs> and two, you very, you could get in there and reach in there under your, you know, into your shirt and, and uh, you know, un- unbuckle that and get that out of there. But it's been a really hot item. Uh, I think they're $40 is what they cost. They're made in the USA. It's uh, invented by a gentleman of Indiana, part of Indiana. Sister makes them. I think she lives in Tennessee. So they ship some things back and forth to get some things done and get them to us. And that's an exclusive that we have. And we're always looking for ways to try to keep people cool in the summer because we know it's so important. And this seems to be a really hot item. We, we were out of stock. I think we bought 100 of them in, I think, on a Friday. And I think now they're already almost all gone. We've got another 100 awesome. coming. So That's really cool. As you were describing it, I was actually watching the TikTok video that was posted. <laughs> and like you were like <laughs> on cue, like TikTok how <laughs> TikTok? This isn't TikTok well, this is a podcast. You know, gotta keep gotta keep an eye on the kids. Um <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep an eye on, the, on what the kids are up to. But right? as you, it was funny you were describing right. it and like as I was watching the video, it was actually on Facebook, but it was on his TikTok video. Um it was you were just like verbatim exactly how he was putting it together. Now we used to have oh, okay. a chest protector. That shut made uh, that tons and tons of umpires oh, loved yeah. them. Right, and right, then, right. you know, I know in the softball world, we, we prefer something that's a little more shirt like, you know, uh, compressed, you know, something that's not going to be so bulky. And um, I remember when I first got into umpiring, 
you know, I couldn't find that chest protector anywhere. Like everyone's like, Oh, you got to get this, got to get this, got to get this. And I'm like, you can't find it anywhere. So, and we haven't seen anything like that. So when I saw that this morning, I'm going, Holy crap. I mean, this is amazing. You know, that's going to, that's going to be a hot seller. So I, um, I actually forwarded it onto our page. So that way, like, you know, if anyone's going to see it, you know, they, so, Oh, excellent. Um, <clears throat> I may even look into it. I'll look into it while I'm coaching. <laughs> I'm at third base and I got it on. <laughs> I'm sure Jim has many more shipments of that coming. And that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And, and something that I really like about, uh, on Pattire and, uh, there's a few products and a few things of manufacturers that, just the normal guy is making. You have that guy in Indiana that's making a chest protector. You have Ray up in Canada making all sorts of things like that as well. And it's just, it's really awesome that uh, that you guys take take that and you use it. And uh, who better than umpires to design um, stuff for umpires? That's that's really great. That's a really great thought, Tony. And that's it, what's what's so neat about it. And we'll throw we'll throw also besides Ray Brownlee of Ump Life and Brad Finken, who's making the cool blues, but we'll also throw Jason Klein in there of Force 3. Jason's exactly. a former AAA uh, umpire that, um, uh, you know, they, they started this, uh, him and Jim Evans, the former Major League umpire Jim Evans, started this line of gear called Force 3 gear. And, um, and they it was really the first set of protective gear designed just for umpires. Now, uh, you know, maybe some other manufacturers are listening and going, well, hold on a second. We, we, we've done some stuff too, but, but what usually happens is, you know, it's the, the umpires play second fiddle to catchers. Right. And so what happens is uh, there's a catcher's a catch, set of catcher's gear. And then from that, there are ideas that taken that are taken from that. Um, and, um, uh, and sometimes you don't get the the kind of results you would like. Now, of course, one exception is, you know, someone like Joe West who designed the West Fest and and Wilson took on on that. And uh, and so but so you're right on that. What you find is people umpires uh, are the ones that are designing things that are actually getting closer to what what you want and what you need, yeah. uh, you know, out there on the field. Um, so so that's that's yeah, that's a really great insight. So between Ray and Brad and and, and, and Jason and, 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 and Joe West and. And, uh, and we, we recognize that. And, and one thing we've been really good about is, and it's taken a while to get there on several levels is, is, um, is talking to the, the manufacturers, uh, of, of gear, uh, and being able to share insights from umpires, uh, with them. So we're kind of, you know, kind of the middle man in, in that way. So, um, so we'll share some insights where they, they don't know. You've got a company like, uh, all-star all-star is a great company uh brad and stan jerga two brothers up there run that and and some of the catcher stuff they do is just amazing and they they want to do better in the umpire world but they but they're you know they're very focused on catchers right they're focused on who the who the who they're who's going to be endorsing them coming up and there's a lot of you know uh things like that but they want to know more about uh uh you know how to how to how to make things better for umpires so they'll use us as a as a resource and we're happy to pass that along and part of the other level of, of that is it's taken a while for us to get smart enough. Um, uh, this is 14. Uh, we're in our 15th year now. And um, for us to get smart enough to learn what umpires want and, and be able to pass that along. Well, and, and those all-star all-star legs uh, that they have, man, that's what I wear on the field. I like them because they're light. Oh, you do? Yep. And when the, when the ball hit, the first time I got hit with the ball in one of those legs, I was like, 
let's go. I, I couldn't even feel it. It just sits off your leg just just enough to where it makes a, a really big difference to me. And, uh, you know, going back to Force 3, and I know that part of their marketing was, you know, the first stuff made by umpires for umpires, but I don't think they were stepping on, you know, Joe West toes or even uh, Car- sure, sure. Carlucci when he was making when he was around and making his chest protectors. And uh, I don't think that what it was. Nobody just really marketed it that way. And that's a good point. You know, mm-hmm. find your way to find a way to get you get to market and, and, and put that stuff out there. And, uh, you know, and I, I know you and I talked a little bit before the show started with the stuff that I have go on and I don't market it other than because I can't keep up with it. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Right. I, <laughs> I can't make enough. I find it awesome that the people that have the initiative to go out and, and do that. And, and uh, Liz and I had talked about that as well. But there was something earlier that you talked about, Jimmy. We were talking about masks. And, uh, and, and I don't want to think anybody was saying, hey, Jim wasn't saying about masks. Because Uncle Tire actually had uh, a bunch of masks that they produced for communities and for people. And they're also selling them. Why don't you talk a little bit about about that and the support that you had for the cloth mask industry. Yeah, that's a great point. Even even I have to be careful. You started talking about masks, and you were talking about providing all those masks for the community. I, I don't think I've been giving out masks. I'm like, let's just uh, you know, did I miss something? Did I have I got too much staff? And 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 they were doing something. They were giving away you know four three masks to uh, you know. And so I have to be really careful. Yeah, you sent you sent me that magnesium one, so I <laughs> yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ready to go, Tony. So I have to be really careful to say, and you, but you did a good job at the end there. You said cloth mask. Oh yeah, cloth mask. And so there's some interesting insight on the back end of that, right? So we do some we do some uh, advertising on Facebook, right? And uh, and we were doing some type of ad that included. Well, back up a little bit. Facebook at one point had shut down any ads for cloth masks. Because there was some, I guess, some fraud out there. You know, people were saying they had them, but they really didn't, or they were overinflated. There was just some controversy a little bit. So for a time there, they were they were shut. They were not allowing any ads for cloth mask. And so we made an ad, uh, just just like we usually do. You know, for some gear. I think we had some things on sale, and we had an ad for that. And one of the things in the ad was a mask. Well, it got declined on Facebook because they thought it was for cloth masks. And so I think we had to go through a manual review process to explain to them, this, this is not a cloth mask. It's a face mask for <laughs> umpires. I mean, you know, so, so that's uh, one of the things we've had to deal with in the, in the uh, coronavirus is to understand the differences between a mask that we always talk about being a mask uh, and a cloth mask. Right. So, um, but that was a really neat story. Um, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, we, um, when, when the pandemic hit, it was a really just a crazy time for us. You know, uh, March is our busiest month and it always has been. Um, February is a big month. April is a big month. But March is like that peak, right? It is like the peak. Um, and so we were basically halfway in our peak season. And when uh, things started happening, the, the NBA uh, player got uh, got coronavirus and they started talking about NCAA was going to have, you know, only fans in the stands and uh, for the tournament. And, and next thing you know, everyone's canceled everything. And it was kind of a scary time for us. And um, uh, just like everyone, we didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you started hearing about a lot of the games getting uh, canceled. And uh, it didn't take long. We um, we went for about a week there where there were still some games going on. We did some polling. We were trying to find out what was going on nationwide as far as are you still umpiring? Are you still officiating? What are you doing? And for a little bit there, there were still some, some things going on. But all of a sudden, toward the end of March, 
our sales just plummeted. I mean, it was it was unbelievable how our sales went down so much. Um, and uh, and again, this was this is our peak month. This is when we usually do most of our business. And uh, you know, they, there was a lot of talk on the news, uh, you know, about some of the industries that were heavily affected by the pandemic. And one, you know, was a uh, the tourist industry, right? So hotels and cruise lines and air, you know, air airlines or uh, that kind of thing was heavily affected, but they never mentioned anything about the sporting goods industry, right? And so uh, they left us out. Uh, restaurants, of course, if a rest, if uh, uh, they, they shut down restaurants, and so that was another uh, industry. But sporting goods was was you know more heavily affected. And you think about you know even you guys, right? So you, you your 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 college season gets canceled. You're not going to now go out and get it, that that nice new mask that's out there, or you know, the cool blues uh, the chest protector edition, uh, uh, because you're not going to be working in games. And so, so our sales plummeted. I think we were down for about two weeks, about 95 percent over last year, over the year before, which is just nuts. I mean, it's just such a number. You know, it's almost unfathomable. If I can try to say that <laughs> word, uh, did I say that right? Did I get un? Can we can unfathomable? I mean, it's 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 uh, it's so unfathomable. It's hard to say that word. So, uh, but uh, and so what happened during that time was we were trying to keep our staff. Uh, you know, we, we want to stay open because we were still getting some orders. We get uh, orders, uh, you know, worldwide, and we didn't want to shut down. We thought it was important uh, for us to um, to still be active, and then we we're also getting a lot of, um, you know, we we get return. We do free returns. So, you know, if you if you buy a chest protector and it doesn't fit you right, you can return it. We'll pay the shipping to come uh, to come to come back or you you buy a pair of shoes and and you thought you, you was going to be the right size and the right fit and it didn't fit you right. Well, we'll we'll pay to ship them back. So um, so we had returns. Obviously, we had some people who they just got new equipment for the year and uh, they hadn't worn it yet. And, you know, a lot of people needed money during that time. And so we would have returns. I mean, could you imagine that? Imagine if we had shut down. And you, you all had bought some things and you felt, well, you know what? I don't, maybe I don't need this right now. I'm going to go ahead and return this $150 chest protector and get my, I might mm-hmm. need the money. You know, uh, maybe your, your, your job was in jeopardy in, in the real world. Right. And so you needed that 150 bucks back. Could you imagine if you sent that back and you never got your credit because we were not open? Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine being open uh, or not being open for, for that. But we had some days where we actually had, we had more credits to do than we had sales. And uh, there was one day in particular that I recall that I said, can we hold off just until another day to run a couple of these returns just so we were positive? We want to be positive every day. I think one day we did, we had maybe $49 in net sales, which is just crazy. I mean, you know, a, a crazy amount that went down. But anyway, I'm just, I'm getting to the point about the mask. And so we had already been talking a little bit with Smitty, Smitty Officials Apparel, mm-hmm. who's out of Canton, not, not yep. far from you, Liz, uh, Canton, Ohio, there at the National. Football Hall of Fame and uh, run by uh, Joe DeRosa, former NBA uh, uh, referee. And uh, it, they, they, they do a lot of manufacturing there. And they're in Canton. They, they, they uh, put shirts together and uh, a lot of their Dossip shirts are sewn, sewn right there, printed and sewn. And so we talked to them about possibly making masks. And uh, they initially they weren't all that all that excited about it. Uh, but as they learned, they thought this might be a good way for them to, to also um, – you know, stay in business and keep their keep their uh, employees working, and that's what we ended up doing with us. We had we had uh, our our mass sales just went went ballistic from the start. I think we sold about three thousand in about 70, 72 hours. Oh, wow! 
And so imagine trying to run a business like that right now. You're, you're down. You're only at 5% capacity or 5% sales what you had the year before. And you're trying to figure out how to deal with, uh, should we furlough this person? Should we furlough that person? Uh, will that person get the stimulus, the extra check? And we were trying to figure out ways that we can keep our staff busy that were there, but also take care of staff that we were going to furlough. And then all of a sudden, so we get down to skeleton crew. <laughs> so now we, we're, we kind of worry where we want to. And then we start selling these masks. And we've got to now ship all these masks out. <laughs> I mean, and, and and literally, it was almost like now we're bringing in volunteers. Like, is it volunteer? This is sort of a we we did it as a we did it as a promotional, uh, not a promotional, but as a um, uh, charitable giving thing, right? So we realized we started adding up how many sales we might could have, and we when you really added it up, we weren't going to make that much money on on uh, selling you know masks at seven ninety nine each. Um, and so we thought, well, let's just do something good in this in, in this instead. And and we, if we do something good that can help Smitty out, the the more masks they sell, the better they'll do. And uh, so we did a buy one, donate one. Uh, we contacted uh, some some uh, some charities and and, uh, not, and hospitals and and so uh, our local hospital, Norton Healthcare. Uh, we donated. We ended up donating about three thousand masks to them. Uh, we ended up getting, I think it was twenty three nonprofits throughout the country in about sixteen different states. We had someone in Ohio there, uh, Liz, with you in Worcester, mm-hmm. uh, the Worcester Community Hospital there. We donated uh, masks for their um, OB unit um, for parents to, not parents, but visitors to come in and, and, and hold babies. They'd have to have the uh, the mask on. But we ended up selling 10,000 masks, and we donated 10,000 masks out of that program. And not only that, it kept, it kept Smitty busy, kept our staff busy, kept us, kept us um, it gave us a big morale boost as well. Yeah. Right. So when you work so hard to prepare for the, you know, we do a lot of pre- preparation in the off season, especially in the, in the fourth quarter, the last part of uh, the year before to get ready for your, uh, for your season. So for our, for our peak season and, uh, and then when it didn't happen and you saw how much sales uh, you had, you know, you had lost. And, but then you did this uh, mass program and you, you sold a lot and we, I made a goal to do 10,000 um, and no one thought we could do it. Even me, I just thought, let's just, let's try it. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can sell 10,000, donate 10,000. And, uh, and so that ended up being a big morale booster for, for not only our, our staff, but for myself as well during, during the difficult time. And, and a lot of the hospitals were really appreciative. Got this really great story, uh, uh, from one hospital, um, I'm going to go on blank, uh, fair, um, Halifax, Halifax, um, hospital in Daytona beach. Uh, Florida, uh, a gentleman named Scooter Morrison, well-known um, uh, college and multiple level umpire out of baseball umpire down at, out of uh, out of Florida area, um, set me up with a, uh, a friend that he knew that ran a hospital called Halifax. And uh, what we were doing here in Louisville, what the hospitals in Louisville were doing is the, the masks weren't that we were donating weren't going to the medical workers. They weren't going to the nurses. They were going to, you know, like a... Um, janitorial staff and administration staff and and uh, receptionist and things like that uh, but they were also giving them out to visitors that were that were coming in uh, and so when I called Halifax and uh, it, this was early on I mean this was uh, we're probably talking early April so this is when everyone's still trying to figure out this pandemic and what's going on with the coronavirus and and uh, um, so I'm talking to I'm, I'm talking to them and 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 I said what do you, what do you need and they said, well, we need PPE, right? And I said, well, I don't have PPE, right? It's funny how, how, how you don't know anything about PPE. And then all of a sudden you're an expert at PPE, right? 
And so I was like, right. I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, well, we don't, we don't have, we don't have any PPE, you know, but we have, you know, so, so he was, so I told him what we had. I said, we have cloth masks. And he paused and he said, what would we do with cloth masks? And I said, oh, well, let me tell you what we do with cloth masks. So here I, you know, I'm, I'm the expert, right? I'm the expert on, on masks, <laughs> right? For hospitals, right? So all of a sudden, and so I said, well, let me, you know, look, I'm, I'm just going to tell you what they're doing here uh, at their, our Norton Healthcare out of the Louisville. And as they're giving them to, uh, they're giving the patients as they come in and they're giving them to the you know, administration staff and janitorial staff, all this stuff. And, um, and he went, I tell you what, I've got a staff meeting in the morning. Let me get back to you. So he called me the next morning and he said, well, we had not been allowing any staff visitor, any, any visitors to the patients. He said, if you can get me mask, we can allow visitation. Done. And I thought, wow, like, where did that come from? I mean, I was not expecting that at all, that we that it would sort of take this new life of it's not just masks, cloth. It's not just this product. Right. With a with, a, you know, with elastic on the end, you're now allowing visitors at a hospital. That, I mean, could you imagine being in a hospital and you could you didn't your family couldn't come see you at all? They were not allowing visitors. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. You know, I had no idea that that kind of thing was going on. Yeah. And they thought, well, with the cloth mask, it'll it'll, you know, help reduce the spread. And we'll, you know, when they get the donation, then we'll make every visitor. So they opened up visitation because we were giving them masks. So I was just to me, I was like, okay, well, this is good. This is no matter what happens the rest of the year with sales, then this is this has done it for me. Masks can change lives, whether it's an umpiring mask or a cloth mask. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, awesome. right. So that's it's 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 been a neat story and uh uh, and well, there been some good things come out of it, and and Smitty really benefited a lot with uh, all the sales they've had, and of course, you know, you know, in Ohio there it is, you know, you guys are really talking about requiring your schools uh, when they come back for to wear the to wear a cloth mask, and and I think Smitty's sending you know selling a lot to to schools, so so now you have a situation where a company sells uh, officials uniforms that are now uh, using that knowledge and insight to, to sell directly to school systems. I think they've sold to fire departments, police agencies and things like that. So, so we, we've sold 10,000, but I, I'm sure there's have now been in the tens of thousands that they've actually sold by, by changing up, um, you know, how they're doing things there. But, um, so that's the story on the cloth, on the cloth masks. That's the cloth mask story. <laughs> so when are we going to talk about the real mask, right? The, the, the ones that you're used to, right? So, <laughs> If we have anybody listening, they're giving away you know, yeah, masks. Really? Mask. really a sold I, want the, I want the hundred dollar one. Yeah. <laughs> what the diamond? <laughs> seven ninety nine. That's it. That's, seven. There's still, we're still selling. <laughs> we're still selling masks only for only seven ninety seven ninety nine and up. So that's super cool. And you know your your story that you have about that reminds me of of a company that I worked for before. I was a general manager, kind of for, and I was it was screen printing, and. uh I don't know if you remember it. It was 2005. I want to say somewhere around there. Somewhere, no, it was after 2005 when the Joplin tornado mm-hmm. uh, here in Missouri, that huge Category Five tornado. Uh, we decided that we were going to sell screen printed shirts for them. Hope for Joplin, and uh, so we're like, oh, you know, we'll just make a Facebook post, and and they're like, oh, it's not, you know, it's not really going to go anywhere. You know, we'll buy. 100 shirts that's right. what that's what we can do we can buy we can buy 100 shirts we can cover that cost and and not go under for it and people just started sending messages and messages and it's like hey 
here, we, we, I want this shirt, I want that shirt. And then letters started showing up in the mail. People found our address and they're like, here, here's money. And they're not even putting like t-shirt sizes on there. We don't have a way, we didn't have a way to track it. Right. Ended up selling like 30,000 shirts. And 30,000 yeah, shirts? Oh my goodness, that's a great over story. Over 30,000 shirts. Yeah. And you know, we go, I have, I've been in Oklahoma, I've been in Texas and I've seen these shirts as well. And we are shipping them worldwide and we had no idea. And then we had... Uh, ink suppliers that were supplying us with ink and emulsion for the screens because we could print like a, you know, 2,000 shirts and then we had to redo the screens because the emulsion was given away. Right, right, That's right. a bunch of screen printing stuff, whatever. We don't get into that. So you had to change but completely just, how you were operating, right? And be able to now to ch- turn out that many that many shirts. We had, we had one press that was doing uh, the... The Hope for Joplin shirts, and then the other press was doing work stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had the same thing happen with our cloth mask as we ended up opening another uh, station, another packing station, just for the cloth mask. And um, uh, my wife, Lori, came in, and she was the one that would – we had a little system there where she'd take the packing slip. And so if you had someone – people were buying multiple ones, right? People normally – I think it was on average people bought three or four. And so she would pack them into a little um, envelope, and we had – we were required to put a little um, – uh, explanation on there, you know, that this, this mask can't guarantee that it's going to protect, but please wash it beforehand. And so every, everything had, Smitty wanted to make sure we put everything in there. So, so that we could then get handed to the packer. And, uh, there were several days there that I went back and, and was packing, packing the orders. So if you, if you ordered a mask, there's a, there's a decent chance that I, that I packed that order. Don't usually do that. I've usually got plenty of staff to do that. But when we were, when we got short staff all of a sudden, yeah, we went from having more staff than we needed to having, you know, a lot fewer staff than we needed. Hey, tell me, it's, let's let's do switch gears. What do you think about? I'd like to know from you guys what you think are the differences between protective gear needs for softball versus baseball. Speak to me a little bit. I know you Tony, you talked a little bit about shin guards and how much you like the All Star shin guards, and, and um, you know that's uh, of course we deal a lot with baseball uh, because we've got those relationships with minor league, minor league baseball and minor league baseball umpire training academy. You know, on the baseball side, um, so we 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 definitely not on purpose uh focus on on baseball that's just sort of some how things have fallen and i want to say that i know a lot about softball gear but i'd like to hear from from two of you as as expert umpires in the softball world you know what works for you um what you see differently than uh maybe what you see uh, either marketed or on on baseball guys that won't work for for you as softball uh well i'll start tony just um from a female's perspective and i Jim and I, you know, you and I talked about this uh, briefly at one point about, you know, with the female, you know, anatomy, it's a little different. Uh, we like to have something that's a little bit more form fitting. So it doesn't look like we're so bulky, you know, we're already a little differently shaped. Um, but what I've noticed, you know, at the collegiate aspect and the higher level uh, aspect is that we like something that's a little bit more form fitting. Uh, so it looks like we're not wearing, you know, uh, a linebackers, you know, uh, uh, protection gear. We want to look at a little more slim line. So it looks like we're just wearing like a shirt, um, you know, because I mean, the softball is just a little bit bigger. It's a little more dense when it, when we, when we get hit, you know, it's not as uh, pinpointed compared to a baseball. I'm not saying that I, I have uh, experience with a baseball. It just looks like it would hurt a little harder. Uh, did I say that backwards? <laughs> hit a little harder. Um, but we want some. Yeah, hurt a little harder. Yeah, my dyslexia just kicked in. Maybe I need any more caffeine. It's not unfathomable. That that makes sense. Perfect. (laughs) Love it. Word of the day, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of that city again? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but no, seriously, like we want something that's going to be a little bit more streamlined. So that way we don't have to sit there and mess with our gear, you know, cause when we're taught, you know, uh, when we're at camps, you know, when I'm evaluating camps, we're very crucial about how we look mm-hmm. with how our uniform is, is on us, you know, how we present ourselves. Um, so that's what we like, you know, we, there is a, um, a chest protector that's out there that's made by Adams. It was originally from shut. Um, I think Adams and shut are together, or I'm not mm-hmm. sure that how that works. And it's a, it's a compression shirt, but the downside to it is that when you're outside working a plate game in the heat, you, you're just drenched. Mm-hmm. Um, the protection layer mm-hmm. is perfect because it's on the outer layer that you need in the front, you know, right, you know, right on the top part of your core, right on your rib cage. So you're protected. And also there's removable parts that can protect your, um, your inner part of your shoulder and your bicep area. So that way, if you do get hit there, um, you can keep those in there. Or you can um, take them out as well. You can custom make, you know, you can cut whatever you want or you can remove some pieces. Um, that being said, also with me, I'm very particular about my shin guards. I wear uh, diamond shin guards that actually just barely cover over top of the kneecap. Um, for me, I, you know, being a little shorter, I'm five foot five. My plate gear, my plate pants get caught um, in any type of shin guards. I mean, I've had all sorts of different shin guards in the last 10 years mm-hmm. and I can't find anything that I like that won't catch my top of my knee pad okay. when I get out of my position. Right. So mm-hmm. that's just, maybe that's just me particular. Um, there's many ways that we can, um, you know, finagle with it. You can wear, um, tights over top of it, you know, but me, I don't like to overlayer because I'm already burning up when I'm back there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now with Tony, he may have a different perspective coming from his side. No, my uh, shin guards still get caught on, or my pants still get caught on my shin guards. I just have a habit, and that's you know, whenever I come out of my stance, I'm always just I'll, I'll pull pull with my fingers and drop them out of there, you know, every t- every time with it. So I think it's more of a habit to fix a look that I don't want to happen more than mine just don't do it. And I think I think every umpire kind of has that. And I saw that I think it was uh, on your site, Jim, that they had posted about the tongue getting caught. Or the pant getting caught on the tongue at right. the bottom of the pant, mm-hmm. and uh, I hadn't—I don't think I'd ever really put into thought of whether I tuck my tongue of my shoe inside my shin guard or not. And maybe right, it's right. always just been a habit that I always just put—you know—I'm putting my shoe on first, and my shin guard just goes over the top of it. So maybe right. that was just kind of the one of those deals. But uh, you know, me being on both sides of it, uh, doing the baseball at a at a higher level, and then doing softball at a higher level. The baseball definitely hurts more. That doesn't mean that the softball doesn't hurt, but it's just, it's got more mass area to hit on your body. Mm-hmm. So as far, as far as us with us with a hard shell um, chest protector, it's not really needed even at the high level. You know, when we get into men's fast pitch and those guys are throwing in the eighties and upper, then we start to wear a hard shell. Uh, but I think really, you know, the shin guard area between baseball and softball is kind of pretty much, the same, mm-hmm. you know, I've used the, the West shins before, but I just really have liked that. I didn't, I didn't have a need with that new, the new shoe when, when New Balance started doing that instep on theirs. I didn't really need that West vest, that instep protector that was on there when it kind of first started with that leg. Uh, so that's why I've kind of just enjoyed the, the all-star leg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and the masks are pretty much the same. And with Team Wendy pads on there and actually from you, I bought the mask I have, I bought the diamond frame. And I didn't, it was when you had just a diamond frame without any pads. And then I just bought the straight windy pads for it. And mm-hmm. so 
my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I bought a, I bought a harness that was, right, right. Had nothing, yeah. you know, even for, yeah. even for softball, one of the big things for softball, Diamond had that, that, uh, that harness for a while. I think it was Diamond that was black on the back and it didn't, you couldn't really see their logo. And softball, that was at the time when softball was really into their camp stuff. They wanted you, they wanted no labels on it. And if it was going to be, it was, got, it had to be black. So I bought that harness I bought the Team Windy pads and I bought the diamond mask and I'd like buy my mask in three parts and put it together. <laughs> right. Made your own mask. She's like, you're insane. I'm like, well, I know. <laughs> so that's kind of the thing with us is they want everything to really be black. And so even on the Team Windy, right. I have to take and I, I it was when I worked at the uh, I still have some chemical from this the screen printing place and I'll take an, you know, an ink remover instead of like cover, cover, coming out with a Sharpie, I would just remove the ink off of it. Oh, wow. So and I was like, they're like, oh, you don't have to, do you need to color your mask in? I was like, what ink? Nope, I, never. <laughs> I cleaned it off. That's really interesting. Uh, first of all, Tony, you're not crazy. Um, well, at least about the mask. I don't, I don't, can't, can't. Else, so, but right. uh, that's another topic. You know, that's a pretty common thing. It's a, you know, if I, if I could pick any combination where um, individuals have rigged their mask up the most, it's with that diamond frame. It's a great frame. Mm-hmm. Aircraft aluminum um, doesn't bend, um, you know, it doesn't break, you know, it seems to last a long time. Uh, it's got great sight lines. Um, and then they put the team windy pads on it. Yeah. And so that's a pretty common, uh, common combination. A di- First of all, the diamond mask is, is relatively, relatively inexpensive compared to some of the other ones. There's two levels of diamond mask. One has a, what they call big league. It's got leather pads, a little thicker leather, leather pads with the ones you, the one, um, uh, um, that well, you said you bought the frame, but a lot of people buy the less expensive diamond mask with the, the pads aren't as nice, aren't as good for higher level, more more of a starter uh, starter mask pad. People will take those off and they'll put the team windy. So you tell mm-hmm. your wife that I said you are not crazy. Yeah, and let's see if she buys that. So. <laughs> She's like, hold on, let me have a conversation with you. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, one of the biggest things that I did with my mask when I got it, even before I put the pads on, I took it straight to the powder coater. And 25 bucks, take off the paint that was on there, and powder coated black on top of there. And I haven't touched it since. You know, I when, oh, I, wow. first, okay. when I first got it, I was using a metal ring until my wife bought me silicone rings because I was like, I'm not wearing it anymore. So I didn't have a ring on the field. And she's like, um, I feel like you probably need to be wearing a ring on the field. Uh, I started wearing a silicone ring, but that metal ring... I, I never scratched it, you know, where we grab it every time over and over and it's still just black. And the best thing that you can do for your mask, powder coat it. That's really interesting. I'm kind of curious, I guess, um, when you bought the frame, was it back in the day where they only had silver? And that's why you felt you had to um, to powder coat it? Because there is a black one now. No, it was it was black, but it's the when when I got it, it was just the black paint. It, they weren't powder coating it yet when you got it from the manufacturer. So I don't know okay. if they are powder coating them now. Oh, I see what you're yeah. okay with. Yeah. Okay, with diamond. Okay, diamond. Yeah, it has a. It's it doesn't have. It's not powder coated. You're right. It's black, right. but it's just not powder coated. Right. Like right. Uh, I think uh, how how Wilson Wilson does there. So I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Liz, I have a suggestion for you on your shin guards getting stuck. This is going to be worth the po- the whole podcast. This will be the one thing that <laughs> right. your shin guard right. will never get stuck again. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Okay. So you said, I haven't found a shin guard that works for me. And Tony, you said yours is the same thing. You see it all the time in the, with baseball umpires too. It's a pretty common thing, especially now with, um, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the new pants are out, right? You've got poly spandex as the new style. Mm-hmm. What's well, a lighter weight, right? So it doesn't, doesn't tend to want to, 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 uh, you know, uh, 
go down over that shin guard as as, as easily uh, as maybe it used to be back in the polyester and polyester was more popular. Poly wool was more popular. Um, so what you can do is you can take your pants, take your plate pants to, to a tailor or to a seamstress and have them put right where your shin guard catches, put a layer of silk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Put a layer of silk in there and that will help those shin guards slide as you go up and down. How about that? Do you write it down? That's pretty awesome. That's actually, yeah, so layers. So, <laughs> and I know I know it's a podcast, but I know that you all can see me. Oh no, but yeah, but it's about uh, what is that? About uh, eight, maybe eight or so inches. I'm trying to think what it used to be. That suggestion came to me from Justin Clem. Justin Clem uh, was the former at the time when I met him was the executive executive director of the professional baseball um, of, of P Buck, right? Of the mm-hmm. uh, the group that managed minor league um, professional baseball empire corporation that managed minor league umpires. And so, um, so he was, he's, he's, uh, now, now it's Dusty Dillinger. And so Justin Clem was, was, was that. And he, um, uh, now is the, uh, in charge of replay at major league baseball. And so he was the one that suggested that to me, uh, years back. And at one time we were making, uh, making pants that had that in there pre-made and people loved it and loved them. And so, so it won't be a terrible, terribly expensive fix to just say, I need, I need a, a piece of silk that will be sewn in, um, to the pant. And, um, and there you go. There's your fix. You heard it here first on, uh, <laughs> right here first. on <laughs> both sides of the mask. Dude, both sides of the mask. That's right. Exclusive. Yeah. Exclusive. I haven't told you about that. that. That's the only person. <laughs> the only No, This is the first time of the, of the coronavirus, uh, age where, uh, that's been mentioned. So. Well, and, and and I think Jim has figured out both of us, Liz, that we are, uh, we go and we have our uniforms tailored quite a bit. And you know, with us both both being kind of a, a smaller frame, even with the umpire shirts that I have, I get them. I'll buy those Smitty shirts and I take them straight to the tailor. I get them in and I take them straight to the tailor. I get the sleeve shortened and I get them tightened tightened up around around this underneath your arm, so that whenever you know I'm there, if I don't if I haven't tailored my shirt. Even if it's a small, even if I wear a small shirt on the field, it's still hanging almost to my elbows. I'm not wearing a shirt that goes even close to my elbows right now. And when I wear a polo shirt that's in my closet, you know, I put on a Nike polo, I put on whatever, that it's still not even getting close to my elbow. And even when I put, you know, a chest protector over the top of it, even when it was a bigger chest protector, it still is going close to my elbow much further than I would like it to be. And and if <clears throat> that's what I like, even with the USA softball shirts that they've done, they've trimmed up their sleeves a little bit. They've trimmed up the body and made it a little more form-fitting. And I think that's where we're where we're wanting to get at. You know, have those baseball guys that are just looking fit as all get out. And just, mm-hmm. you know, that's with our sport being on TV more, I think we're taking more mm-hmm. of a look into it of what do we actually look like on the field right. and, and what are we representing. And it's like we don't want to look like a slobby mess out there. We want to look good. At least we can do that part right. Right. Just adding on to those Smitty shirts, you know, you know, I just came across them uh, this past season that they are making women's cut shirts. And but I don't see too many places advertising it like I had to like my local places purchase officials. Um, and <laughs> like so, I mean, they're starting this from my house. Purchase officials yeah, and right. Pat, Pat, hey, look, if, if, if I lived in Akron and I was an umpire or a sports official, and I could walk in there and talk to those guys. Those are some great guys there. and We, we get along. They you are. can mention them. There's some other companies you're not allowed to mention. I had you guys sign a waiver. Okay. You wouldn't mention a couple others before before we get on the podcast, but that's one you do to mention those guys. We love those guys so. They're great. You know, but like I, you know, I, it came across me as like one of my uh, colleagues that lives in Texas 
she's the one that mentioned it to me that there's uh, that they make women's cut shirts. I'm like, wait, what? When did they start doing this? So mm-hmm. when I talked to them, they said that uh, they had to get them from Smitty, which I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like, so you know, why isn't anybody advertising this? Because we are getting a lot um, more younger officials coming in. And there's been some articles that I've been seeing lately that, you know, they want something that's going to fit them, you know, exactly how they look. You know, they don't want the pocket laying down or right. you know sagging down. You know, Tony talks about the elbow and, you know, that's the, the major problem that I see, especially that we're a shorter frame. We don't want them to go all the way down to our elbows. Mm-hmm. And those female cut shirts, I'm telling you, man, those those were a life changer. I was so excited to wear them this year. Only got to wear them for five weeks. So you had you, you actually <laughs> had that shirt and you thought it, it fit you well? Oh, yeah. I, I bought four of each color because uh, we could wear powder or navy. Mm-hmm. It was the best investment I made. I mean, you can ask Tony. I'm sitting there going, I'm wearing my new shirts. I go, you jealous? (laughs) That's just the whole thing about it. It's like when we feel good in something, that just raises our confidence. And we know that when we go out there in the field, that is the biggest thing. We we have to be able to have that confidence level. And if we can look good in our uniform and, uh, you know, I'm going to mention those USA softball shirts. The first time I put it on, I was like a shirt that I don't have to take and go get tailored. I was like, man, I just look good. I feel good. So Get you one of those, Jim, and and get it all sized out, and you'll sell the crap out of them. And you know, um, Smitty actually started making that body flex shirt, and that's what I went to this year. And those side panels, I hope that we can go from the major league style collar. We can go and get start getting that major league style collar, and get the the uh, side panels in there that are the navy instead of you know the navy stuff on the sleeve. And I actually saw right. you know, Tommy Tommy Hilfiger had a shirt that came out for a while that looked just like a. A, a navy umpire shirt and i was like hey look we're finally in style <laughs> Hilfiger, right he'll figure that's yeah. a, that's a new brand coming out 2021 the sleeves were cut great on that shirt i didn't buy one but yeah. i was like hey i could buy that and wear it out on the field right, right. <laughs> that's hilarious cole hahn's oh, gonna come with new umpire shoes next year oh wow no i'm just kidding I know. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to do that it's again. Be all, all like, oh, silent, all where's silent, it at? Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, where's it at in Alabama? <laughs> well, that's really good. That's really good that you all, you know, talking about different things. And 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 Liz, I appreciate you talking about the the women's um, fit, cut, and uniform, and and those are things that are becoming more discussed. Um, you know, in um, in, in in my world of sporting goods for sports officials, and. Um, and I think you're seeing you're seeing more. I know you've seen you know a lot of females on the softball side, and now you're also seeing uh, a lot of females on the on the baseball side. And it's starting to get noticed mm-hmm. more with manufacturers. And like I said, it's already hard enough in the sporting goods for sports officials industry where it's not a big industry. It's not a huge money maker. I certainly wouldn't advise anyone. You're talking about crazy, Tony. You're talking about your wife thinking that you're crazy. You have to be crazy to 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 um, to own a company selling sporting goods or sports officials, right? So, right. so yeah, I'm in the crazy club with you because it's a hard hard industry. There's it's just not very big. It's it's really small compared to uh, the greater sporting goods industry. You got to almost have a passion for it and a love for it in, in order to make it to make it work. And um, and so, I, but I, I think the manufacturers feel the same way, right? It's right. Okay, so we we need to make a shirt for. For men and women, we need to make pants for 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 men and women. We're already not making you know, a lot of money just on the men, and and now you have the other side of it. So so you really have to kind of scratch and fight and claw and to to beg uh, manufacturers to do more uh, uh, just from from a money aspect of it. But we're hopeful that just the the more females, for example, is we can get into umpiring, the more it, it 
it helps the manufacturers to make sense and the more I hope it can do. And speaking of that, and is the thing that I'm really pushing, and I hope that you all push it too on the software world. If we could get one, just this one thing. All right. So here's the thing, right? I, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do uh, tip for tat here. All right. I gave you this tip that's going to help you with your shin guards. You have to do this for me. You have to convince the softball world to wear the same color pants that the baseball world is wearing. So can, can we agree to that? Can we agree to that today? I don't disagree with you. Okay. Good, I told you we need to change. Right, right. <laughs> I'm good with getting the charcoal pants and, and put us in black shirts. We have, have us a black shirt option. I'm good to go. Right. And you know, I don't mind so much about the shirts, but and I'll explain why. There is sort of a fashion sense with the shirts, right? Where you do have, okay, we at least right now you all have the, the navy options and you have powder option. At least you have two, right? And right. so I, I know people uh, in the baseball world, we, you know, they want to wear cream sometimes in summer and they want to maybe wear red for, you know, for uh, maybe July 4th weekend or something like that. And so, you know, they have a tendency to want to, I think there's like 11 different shirt colors that are out there. Uh, and that's not too bad, but what, uh, so, because when you start talking about the business side of, um, of, of sporting goods is pants take up a lot more uh, space and investment than shirts do. And just, just on the premise of with a shirt, you've got small, medium, large, extra large, 2X, 3X, even 4X. Uh, so you, what is that? Uh, six excuse uh, per color. But in pants, I mean, it's 28, 30, 32, 34, 36, going up, up, you know, even until I think the largest size we had 54. So you have a ton of skews, right? So now you add to it base pants. So you got plate pants and you have base pants. And some prefer combo. So now you have plate, base, and combo. And then you have some that prefer um, pleats and some that prefer not pleats. And you have some that prefer expander waistband and some that not. So you start getting this exponential potential mm -hmm. of pants. And so now if, if there's a design for every single pant, also in a women's cut, now you double that again. So, so where it mm -hmm. gets to the point where it's, it becomes, it does become crazy, right? If you walk yeah. through our warehouse and there's almost a whole section just for umpire pants. And it is because there's plate, base, and combo in heather gray, plate, base, and combo in charcoal gray, plate, base, and combo in heather gray flat front, plate, base, and combo in charcoal gray. I don't think we have charcoal gray flat front, but uh, we'd need to if we did softball. But you see how it starts adding up and not only adding up in space, but also investment. And so when you go back to uh, somebody like Smitty and say, hey, we want you to, to do umpire pants for women. Let's think, okay, which ones, which, which, which one do you want? Mm -hmm. We can't do them all. I mean, it would be really crazy. So if we could get the softball world and the baseball world to just agree on a pant color, that would just be tremendous. I mean, it would truly be tremendous. Uh, so it's time. So I say, we, let's do this. Let's make today the day we start our campaign to, to make sure that softball uh, changes to charcoal gray pants. Are you with me? Yeah, I love it because I'm, I'm with you because, you know, in the pro league, you know, they started doing the black and white shirts and we loved it. You know, it, it just, we just felt more confident in that color. You know, the only thing that threw off was the, uh, the Heather gray pants. You know, some of the guys wear, uh, oh gosh, the Davis pants. So it's kind of like in between the charcoal and right, gray right. and it just looked, mm -hmm. it just, it just popped, you know, popped a little better. Right? So, you know, oh, absolutely. And I know Craig Hyde is, is looking to make some changes. You know, he's, he's trying to, um, push that envelope, you know, but trying to, make those adjustments, you know, it, it's, it's gotta be collective, you know, it's gotta be a collective mm -hmm. decision. 
And I know a lot of us that are coming up, you know, Tony and I, we're in that younger generation. Uh, we want change. We want something, you know, instead of just being separated, you know, we, we got enough shirt colors to right. cover. <laughs> yeah, there's enough shirt colors out there. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, like I said, you know, I think I explained to you pretty, pretty clearly that you've got one. So if you do a shirt color, let's say that you all do a, um, well, I'm trying to think what you all were thinking about. Was it the, um, um, what was it you guys were looking for at one point? Was it the, it was a Navy side panel, I think with a powder blue yeah, mm-hmm. uh, color and vice versa were the two things you're looking at softball. So if you do, let's even say you had one color like that, or the, well, I guess if you did with the side panels, you would do two. So you're talking about 12 different SKUs for us to invest in as a retailer and for the manufacturer to invest in as a supplier, but it's just 12, right? So uh, there's 12, there's at least 12 SKUs in one plate you know, charcoal gray umpire pan or Heather gray. And so, uh, so you just see the math on that. And, um, and so, so I know that you all are probably, uh, in all the softball umpires that are out there that are advocating for a change in your uniform. Um, I know you're doing it a lot from the standpoint of look and, and that you maybe you feel better in a better look. And it's more of a, from a fashion standpoint, if you'll allow me just to kind of use that word that you're wanting to look better out there with a different look. I would like for you to to say uh, to you also say that you you heard Jim Kirk on both sides of the mass talking about that if we could move to a one color uniform pant, it would open the door for manufacturers to do more in a in a women's cut mm-hmm. pant, right? Because you're 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 dividing all of our SKUs in half if we go to one color, and now. When, you, when I go to the manufacturer like Smitty and say, hey, I want, we want to take this pant and we want to make it really fit for, for females and, you know, have that lower waistband and have, have a shorter rise and the things like that that women. Now they're going to be more open to it because they're not already so inundated with investments in space in the Heather Gray, too. Can we just say mm-hmm. we just need to have like a little logo or something just with the words Heather Gray, one of those like. You know, no, no, uh, no smoking, you know, no, 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 say no to Heather Gray. Yeah, right. Say no to Heather Gray. Yeah, say no you to know, Heather Gray. Just, just keep that That's, our That's our campaign. <laughs> hey, we'll make shirts. You can, we can do shirts. Uh, you said you made those 30,000 shirts, uh, you know, back in the We'll get the Joplin. mask going too. <laughs> we'll put them on the mask. Get your mask, big, put it right. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it'll be, you know, it'll be a dark gray mask. Yeah. And, and, and really make the point, you know, say, say no to Heather Gray. So, um, yeah. So that would be helpful. <laughs> Well, I think you're making your proposition to two of the right umpires that are looking yes. to be cohesive and get that together and mm-hmm. get our look more, not so much more with the baseball, but more just with the umpiring community. Right. Uh, you know, because we're seeing mm-hmm. it more with like U-Triple-S-A that are going to more of that that look. And everybody's kind of been, it's always the same adage. Well, this is the way we've always done it. Well, mm-hmm. that doesn't make that doesn't make it right. the right way. It just makes right. it the way that you do it. So this has been an amazing conversation. And, and I think it was the same way with the last podcast that we did, Jim, if you're up for it, we are down to have you on again and go into more about that other part of it. We didn't even get into some of the other undergarment stuff. You guys have a new balance shirt with a mock neck on there that we do. I I think exclusive to you guys. And uh, that's all that I wear underneath my shirts, whether it's 50 degrees outside or it's 150 degrees outside. I'm always wearing the mock Mm -hmm. neck just because I I feel better in it. You know, I just like the look of it. It looks right. better with your shirt. So mm-hmm. how's your umpiring when you Yeah, it doesn't matter. Eh? As long as I look good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that I got to get my one dig in there. <laughs> hey, if I can do something right, <laughs> at least I look good on instant replay. If we get that. 
<laughs> yeah, I tell you what, you know, I'd I, I, I'd love to do another one. We it was interesting. I put together a um, um, I put together a webinar for uh, the British Baseball Federation and the uh, Amateur Baseball Empire Association of Europe uh, last week. They're trying to really get their appearance and safety kind of up up to standard, you know, uh, overseas and. And they wanted me to go in and really talk about from the beginning of of the importance of appearance and the importance of safety and just really a basic talk. And they gave me they gave me two hours and it it was not it was not enough. Mm-hmm. And I knew it wasn't going to be enough from the beginning because there's so much, so much to cover, of, uh, you know, between appearance and then safety is a whole other animal. Right. There's a whole other animal to safety. We got into the discussion. Where we talked about the difference between a mask and a helmet and which is more protective. and and uh, and literally, I could have talked two more hours and it still wouldn't have been enough. And so um, so I had a feeling today. I knew I knew what, what I said. We we're going to be freewheeling today. We didn't we didn't really have an agenda. And, and uh, I think I prepared at least, I would say, 12 to 15 hours on the uh, on the uh, British Baseball Federation uh, webinar because they had slides. I actually, I actually had a presentation and went through the oh, slides. Wow. And uh, and so I got into uh, teaching mode on that. And. And uh, and so, yeah, there's never enough time to talk about um, uh, uniform and safety and things that are coming down the pike and what what works, what doesn't work. And uh, and I could talk all day about those kind of things. Well, I think it's stuff that w- that we don't really even think about. You know, we talk about what pants we're wearing and what's going. But what goes into the manufacturer and the supplier and the warehouse? That's how are they even holding it? And what does that even look like? And that goes into it. And, and what drives the cost of it and yeah. overhead and and you know, we just think about what's what's it costing us, not so much what's it costing right. somebody mm-hmm. else to supply that for us. And and so I think that's an awesome insight to it. And and I think that's kind of the way that our podcast has been, though, Jim, as we are just free one all the time and we're just all over the map. And that's what that's what makes it go for me, because I I am I'm over here and then I'm over there. And my wife will say it the same right. way. I'm just, my mind is just going 90 miles an hour all the time. And yeah, we don't have to have an agenda. We just go, we oh, I love start it. at point A and we end up at another right. point. <laughs> I love it. I, and like I said, I've, I've, you know, I've listened, listened before and it seems the same kind of thought. It, and my thought was just this, that if, if you and I and Liz um, were just talking today and we just decided we would get on a call and just talk, that's what today would look like. And you give everyone the opportunity to listen into that conversation. And I think that's really neat what you're doing. We appreciate it very much. You know, like a lot of times we're just, you know, free willing it. We're just talking, having a great conversation. So, you know, we, we try to have like a, an itinerary, but a lot of times we just follow off the off the end of the boat and we start talking about other things. So we love it. We love it. You guys are doing a great job. I applaud you on what you're doing. I think it's very it's very worthy, especially when you when you talk about the human side of, of umpiring and, you know, mental health aspects, especially during this year. It's been a tough year for 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 everyone. And, and umpires, especially, uh, you know, I've talked to people that have talked about losing tens of thousands of dollars in income this year uh, because of it. And, uh, and it's not just a dollar sign. It, it's what those things could have bought or uh, it's peace of mind uh, for bills and things like that. So um, it's it's a tough year. And just the fact that you all are on here having discussions uh, about it and uh, let people know that they're not alone. And there's people having some of the similar uh, aspects of it, I think, is a, um, a great, a great thing that you're doing. And I hope that you'll keep it up and and I'm sure you'll get it. It'll only get better. 
we will keep it going. And, uh, you know, this has kind of been a two-year process for us to say, oh, let me make an excuse to not do it. Let me make an excuse to not do it. <laughs> and the pandemic right. ended those excuses. And I finally abided by what I tell my daughter is quit making excuses and find a solution. And uh, so welcome right. to the longest episode of Both Sides of the Mask. We've got Jim Kirk uh, here with us, and we thank you so much for joining us he, umpatire.com. Jim has stuff in his store, his online store. That's ump, U-M-P hyphen, attire.com. He's got stuff from just a normal guy out there making stuff, and he is promoting that because what's better than gear that's made by an umpire? Yeah, we'd like to we have, have them both. We have all the, all the things you can get anywhere else, plus we have the exclusive items. That not only we've gotten through people like Ray Brownlee of Ump Life, and and uh, but also you know we've got some exclusives out with Wilson uh, as well. And uh, I appreciate you all's insights. You you all shared some information today that w- was helpful to me on the softball world. And I've always got uh, uh, you know where they say you have two ears and one mouth. So I know I've talked a lot today, but I did have at least one ear open listening to some of your ideas, uh, Liz, both you and Tony on on your needs for softball, and I'll certainly take those and, and share those back with. Uh, with manufacturers, we meet with them fairly often in our in our reps, and and we like to share information back to them just as much as they share information to us. And and your all's insights are great, and I hope to lean on you even between between uh, now and the next podcast that we do to uh, uh, learn from you and, and and share information back to you as well. We appreciate it very much. Thank you again uh, for taking the time with us today. We definitely want to get you back on. You know, we can talk, uh, talk more about some you know some things of uh, topics and ideas and. You know, this is what it's all about. We want to be able to create an atmosphere so that way, you know, when officials are driving to and from tournaments or assignments, you know, they can tune tune in and listen to something that kind of, you know, keep their mind busy as they're driving or Absolutely. even flying. You know, I utilize that a lot when I'm flying or driving. I'll put on some of my podcasts, you know, just kind of, you know allows the, the time to, you know, cruise on by. So, well, I want to make well, sure you. that, uh, absolutely. I'm happy to, I'm happy to, to be here. I thank you all so much for putting me on here and Tony, I, I wish you the best of luck with, um, your, your, your tournament coming up. And I know you're going to be excited about that. And, and, uh, and Liz, I hope that your, your daughters, uh, continue to do well in their travel ball this, uh, uh, this summer. And then you get back out there in September and, and, you know, all the umpires out there, softball and baseball, uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck this summer. If you're umpiring, uh, please stay safe. Please take care of yourself. Please uh, be aware uh, just as much of, of the heat and and your hydration needs uh, uh, just as much as your you know your, your concerns you may have about uh, about COVID nineteen and and uh, I think with what you're all doing with uh, uh, the both sides of the mass podcast that you're helping people through through this year and people will, re- will remember that and and I hope it'll carry you through. But I hope that you too wish you wish you all the best and everyone else out there all the best. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, to to a great podcast and, and two great people that are that, that are doing uh, good things uh, for your community. Yeah, that is Jim Kirk from umpatire.com. Get on there, check out his website, jump on their Facebook, and they got some Facebook, they got Twitter going on. Find out the stuff that they have going on and what they're sharing with the umpire community. It's not just what they have going on, but they're sharing what other people are doing as well and connect with them so that they can connect back with you and they're going to put the, uh, your stuff out there as well. If you want to connect with both sides of the mask, you can go to our Facebook page or anchor.fm forward slash both sides of the mask. You can find it on all sorts of uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to listen to. And like Liz said, 
you can go in there and you can download it. And if you're on the plane, then you can listen to it there. And the cool thing about it is when you're done with it, you just hit delete and it'll download the next episode. Yeah. Um, and just to, to final notes, uh, we want to uh, give thanks to Move Period uh, for help sponsoring our podcast. Uh, we had them on recently and uh, make sure you check them out. So I post a couple things on Facebook and follow their page, follow their YouTube um, trainings that they have. They have some great insights on uh, keeping up to up to speed with your umpire training uh, on and off the field. And also for any athletes that are looking for some online training, that is a great way to get started. So other than that, Tony, you want to head us on out? Yeah, be looking for the next episodes of it. We'll have uh, uh, Marty with part of the uh, soup staff there that does the video. We'll have him on and we'll have everything going. So from us here at Both Sides of the Mask, Jim Kirk with umpattire.com. You guys be excellent.